Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 101 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. It Pays to be Ignorant was a popular radio show that ran on three networks for nine years from 1942 to 1951 and was a spoof on such intellectual shows as Quiz Kids, Dr. IQ, and Information Please. It featured a board of experts that consisted of Harry McNaughton, Lulu McConnell, and George Shelton, and the Quizmaster was Tom Howard. Each episode started off with some jokes, followed by an introduction of the experts, followed by a few questions being asked, either by Howard or randomly chosen from members of the studio audience. Every question's answer was ridiculously obvious, but the panelists invariably got the answer hilariously wrong, kicking off a discussion that went off on tangents and devolved into them insulting each other. The show graduated to television from 1949 to 1951, and was then revived in 1973 and it ran for one season, with a different set of actors. Of the hundreds of radio episodes that were created, 69 are known to survive to this day for us to enjoy. Now sit back and enjoy the September 22, 1944 broadcast of It Pays to be Ignorant. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why is marriage like taking a bath? Because after you get used to it, it's not so hot. Correct. Pay that man $8. (laughs) What is an old maid? A yes woman who never got a chance to talk. Correct. Pay that man $9 because... It pays to be ignorant. A zany half hour with those masters of insanity, Harry McNaughton... George Shelton, the nail-up girl Lula McConnell, and featuring Doc Novick's orchestra. But now, here's the man who proves it pays to be ignorant, Tom Howard. Well, here we are again with that quiz program only for people in their second childhood. We have a board of experts who think Yale College is where they make locks. First, we have the celebrated author, Mr. Harry McNaughton, who has just written a book entitled... Seven new and exciting ways to eat garlic or how to become strong. But here he is, Mr. Harry McNaughton. I have a poem, Mr. Howard. I imagine. A farmer had a cow he called Zephyr. She was really a beautiful heifer. But when he got near, the cow kicked off his ear. <laughs> and now the poor farmer's much deafer. Masterpiece. If anyone tells you you can trust a cow, it's a bum steer. Aye, a bum steer. Very good, Miss McNaughton. Next, we have a woman who is so fat it takes her two hours to dress because she has to slow down for the curves. A woman, a woman whose family has no background, but she has plenty. Here she is, the girdle gravel, or the girdy, or the gravel girdy of the Floral Park, Miss Lula McConnell. My you bridge work is sure slipping tonight. <laughs> you know, Mr. Howard, I'm going to I'm going to the movies tomorrow night. You are? Yeah, and I've got to get there early. Uh-huh. I'm so thrilled. What's so thrilling about going to the movies? Well, 
They got a sign outside. Yes. Yeah. It says, servicemen, 25 cents. Yes. Yeah. And I want to get there before they're all gone. I see. <laughs> Good idea. Okay. Next, we have a man who, the day he was born, the doctor said to his father, congratulations, I think it's a baby. A man... A man... A man... A man who has been up the river so many times, his friends call him Showboat. Here he is, Mr. George Shelton. Say, you know, I got a brother-in-law up the river right now in jail. Uh-huh. And he don't like it. Isn't that too bad? He doesn't like it. Oh, they put him in a cell that leaks. It's full of water. The cell is full of water? Well, he wants me to come up and bail him out. Bail him out. <laughs> well, there's the experts, folks. There's the experts. Any resemblance between them and human beings is purely accidental. Here is the first question. Let's try hard and answer it. It's a little tricky, this question, so be careful. Yes. I will read a poem to you. In the poem, there's hidden the name of a very popular city. A poem. A poem. See if you can tell me the name of the city. Here is the poem. There is a lady poor as a mouse, has a sign outside her house. Washing done here every day is what the sign has got to say. Now, what's the name of the city? What city? The city I mentioned in the poem. I didn't hear you mention any city. <laughs> Mr. McNaughton, the name of the city is sort of hidden in the poem. Oh, how can you hide a city in a poem? Uh, That's so silly. I mean... Mr. McNaughton, were you ever kicked in the head by a jackass? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Messy, isn't it? Messy, I bet. <laughs> I'll start all over again. Now listen to the poem. Yes. There is a lady poor as a mouse. What's the lady's name, Mr. Howard? Uh, you're a moron. Oh, what an odd name. What an odd name. <laughs> when you listen to the poem, there is a lady poor as a mouse, has a sign outside the house, washing done here every day. Is what the sign has got to say. Now, what city did I mention? Is it a large city, Mr. Hart? Uh, all right, it's a large city. And you say the lady is poor. Poor as a church mouse. Church mouse? Oh, that's pretty poor. Yeah, Church yeah. mouse are always poor. Yeah, they've been hit pretty hard. Yeah, by the yeah. depression. You know, I, I, I wonder what makes church mice so poor. Well, I guess because nobody ever thinks of bringing a piece of cheese to church with them. Yeah, I imagine that would be logical. Well, I don't think it would hurt a person when they're going to church. To take a piece of cheese and slip it to the mice? No, that wouldn't hurt them. Do you, no. Mr. Shelton? No, I do not. In fact, I, sh I think you should always take a piece, piece of cheese with you when you go out. I yeah. do. So you'll never know when you'll meet a rat. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do, Mr. Shelton? Will you please get back to the question? What city is mentioned in the poem? There is a lady, poor as a mouse, has a sign outside the house. Washing done here every day. The lady does washing, I take it. Yes, yes, yes. Washing done. Now, what city is that? At least the lady is clean, isn't she? Oh, uh, clean. <laughs> well, that's right. No matter how poor you are, you can always be clean. Ain't this That's awful. what I always say. <laughs> Must get awfully tiresome, you know, saying that all the time. Imagine always saying, no matter how poor you are, you can always be clean. Yeah, no matter how poor you are, you can always be clean. No matter how poor... Oh, you cut it out, please. Cut it out. Now, you know, I, I'm getting I'm getting tired already. You are. You should be. Yeah, suppose Patrick Henry stood up in Congress and said, no matter how poor you are, you can always be clean. Oh, but Patrick Henry didn't say that. How do you know he didn't say it? She was sitting in the gallery. <laughs> I was not. I was bowling that night. You were all right. Let's get on here. Look, can we please answer the question? Yeah, what was the question, sir? No matter how poor you are, you can always be... Wait a minute. <laughs> it's about a city. I'll try once more. Lady poor as a mouse does washing. Washing done. 
Now, Mr. Sheldon, what city does that suggest to you? Now, concentrate. Yeah, I'll concentrate. Now, let me see. Lady poor as a mouse. You know, I don't seem to be able to fit the mouse in there. Never mind the mouse. Wait, I got it. I got good, it. Good, St. Louis. St. <laughs> Louis? Sure, St. Louis, Missouri. They are And now, for a change, let's hear from our contestants. We've invited two members of the studio audience up here on the stage. They can ask the experts a question. If they get an intelligent answer, we give them four pre-war white sidewall tires. If they don't, if they don't, we give them two discarded soda straws. Who have we first, Mr. Roberts? First tonight, Mr. Howard, we have Staff Sergeant Martin Goldberg of the United States Army Air Corps. Uh, This certainly is a pleasure, Martin Goldberg. We are very glad to have you with us. Thank you for coming up. How do you feel? Feel fine. Well, you certainly do look like... You have quite a lot of decorations there, young fella, haven't you? Yes. Uh, what is that? What are they? Is that the oak leaf cluster? Three of them, isn't it? Distinguished Flying Cross and ML with three oak leaf clusters. Oh, the Distinguished Flying Cross. That is very, very nice. Yes, sir, son. It looks to me like you've been around. With all those things. Remind me to show you my elk's tooth sometime. We are, we are very glad. Would you mind telling us just a little about yourself? Where's your hometown? Would you care to tell us? Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York. I used to work in that town. Ah, oh, stop, will you please? Yeah, I was. I was a sergeant in the dentist's office. Uh-huh. You, were, you were a sergeant in the dentist's office? I used to drill teeth. Ah, oh, Wasn't, uh, wasn't that kind of boring? That was kind of boring. Never mind, Mr. Sort of, sort of a mouth-to-mouth existence. Look, please, gentlemen, we have a guest standing here. I say, Sergeant, you know, uh, Sergeant Goldberg, I was in the last war, yes. Well, do I remember one night we gave a party for our colonel, Colonel Berry. Colonel Berry. I was collecting tickets for the door when the lady and her daughter arrived, and I said, sorry, madam, but you can't get in without a ticket. Yeah, said, what'd she say? She said, young man, we are the Berries. <clears throat> Well, I said, I don't care if you're the cat's pajamas. You can't get in without a couple. I see. I expect... Nice couple. He was right. Orders is orders. Uh, Pay no attention to Martin Goldberg. It's just getting near their feeding time. What did you do do before you entered the service? Just got out of high school. Oh, out of high school. Isn't that fine? Well, you certainly have gone a long way. And I'm sure we're all proud of you, and they're all proud of you in Brooklyn. We're very happy to have you with us. Yeah, what's your first name, honey? No. Martin. 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 Oh, isn't that a nice name? Yes. Oh, it's a pretty name. Okay. Ain't he cute? He's a nice boy. Oh, he's a cute boy. Oh, he's an... Oh, oh. Uh, oh. Never mind. Oh, yeah, cut it out. He's not Frank Sinatra. Cut it out, will you? Yeah, well, well, you can just call me Vanishing Cream. Vanishing Cream. I'm so soft. Soothing. Yeah. And you're good till the last chin. <laughs> Reason that an uncapped damn pick out a question for us, Martin, please. Just any question you get a hold of, and would you be kind enough to read the question right into the microphone, if you will? What season of the year follows summer? Thank you, that's very good. Did you hear the question, gentlemen? There are four seasons, spring, summer, autumn, and winter. Now, what season follows summer? Now, uh, that's a trick question, and I'm not going to fall for it. What? <laughs> Sheldon, Walford, you said you you practically answered the question. He did. Yeah. 
What did you say, Mr. Kelton? I said it was a trick question and I wasn't going to go for it. You didn't say go for it. Mr. Howard, what is a gopher? Uh, you... <laughs> you know, you know, I'm a gopher. You're a gopher? Every girl I see, I go for. Ah. <laughs> I don't get it. You don't get it. Mr. McCartan, please. Why don't you bury yourself in a good book? Or better still, just bury yourself. Can anyone tell me about the season? Well, there's salt, vinegar, and Never mind, Lord, never mind. What comes after summer? You know, Mr. Howard, I always hate to see the summer go, you know. So do I. I had a wonderful time this summer. Stopped at the nicest hotel up in the mountains. Had a lovely view from the window, you know. One morning I woke up, it was gone. What happened? She moved. She moved. <laughs> there was a nice hotel where I was this summer, too. Oh, did you have a nice room? No, I lived in the bar. In the bar of the hotel. Couldn't you get a room? Not with a bar in it. Not oh. with a bar. <laughs> Look, the question's not about hotels, it's about seasons. Uh, you're not getting tired, are you, Martin? We'll be with you in a minute here. Well, if he is, he can come over here and sit inside of me. Sit beside you me. Can I come over here, Martin? Never mind, leave me. him alone. Martin, if you want to wait till after the program's over, I know, I know a cute little place called the Open Door. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Connell, you couldn't get through an open door. <laughs> let's get on here. The question, let's get back to the question, gentlemen. Look, will you please answer it and answer it quickly. What season comes after summer? What season? Let me put it another way. Yeah. What season comes before winter? How do you like that? Well, wait for it. What are you doing? Changing the question? I'm not changing the question. I mean, we, we can't answer the questions, you know, if you keep changing them well, all the, the time. Same an- the same answer will do for both questions. I didn't know we had two questions. There is not two questions. I just phrased the question differently. What was the first question? It was about a woman who took a mouse to church with her. It was not. <laughs> you know, the last time I went to church, I was insulted. You were insulted in church? Yeah, as soon as I came in, the usher said to me, Q. Yeah. <laughs>
Now, let's wrestle with the next question. Here it is. Now, pay attention. Yes. I will sing a few bars of a song. You were to tell me what kind of hair the girl has that is mentioned in the song. Professor Novick, will you give me an arpeggio? Uh, give me an aspen. Never mind. <laughs> Casey walks with a strawberry blonde and the band played on. You know, Mr. Howard's singing is out of this world. I wish he was out with us. The band played on. With a voice like that, he ought to go places. I know that face. My wife gave it to me this morning. He married the girl with the strawberry curl, and the band played on. Splendid! Bravo! Splendid! Thank you, thank you, music lovers. You know, I could listen to Mr. Howard singing until the cows come home. You could listen to me sing till the cows come home. Yes, when the cows come home, I'd rather listen to them. Okay, okay. Besides, you get milk besides. You get milk besides. That's just utter nonsense. Okay, let's get on. Mr. Oh. Howard. Yeah. Do you know all of me? Why not take all of me? Miss McCall, I'd need a ten-ton truck to take all of you. <laughs> now, look, what kind of hair did the girl have in the song? The girl that waltzed with Casey. Was that the Casey that went to the bat and struck out? Mm-hmm. He must have played with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah, oh, wait a minute. You know, my father was a baseball player. Your father was a baseball player, yes, and you were his first era. Let's get on. I went to a baseball game last week for the first time. Yeah, yeah. how'd you like it? Oh, it was too noisy. Yeah? yeah? I stood up to see where the ball went, and some guy in the back hollered, Down in front! Sit down in front! Yeah, what'd you say? I told him I didn't bend that way. You didn't bend? Oh, please. Yes, we have, Mr. Howard, and now I should like to introduce to you storekeeper third class Mary Howie of the Way. Well, well, how do you do? 
good evening, Miss Holly. How do you feel this evening? Oh, just wonderful. Well, you certainly do look delicious. I will say that. <laughs> Where is your hometown? Would you care to tell us? Elizabeth, New Jersey. Elizabeth, New Jersey. Well, you know about folks that. from home now. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. You know, I have a girl that lives over there. Oh, you do? You should be my nice girl, but she don't seem to like me anymore. She does. No. I wonder how I could get her to make me make her love me. How you could get her to make her love well, me. Oh, it's very easy, Mr. Shelton, old boy. Just call on me, you know. Yeah? Or rather, and I'll tell you what to do, do you see? Yeah, what do you do? You, uh, you call on her with some flowers, a box of candy, yeah. then you go in the parlor and yeah. sit on the divan, you see, and then yeah. you put out the lights. Yeah, then what? Then you send for me. Okay. <laughs> Let's get on here. Uh, we're very glad to have you with you. Pay no attention. What did you do before you entered the service, Miss? I was a contaminator operator. You were a what? Contaminator operator. Yeah? That's yes. so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that must be nice work. Uh, what is the duties of a, uh, one of those operators? Uh, a barometer? No, no. Don't you try it. I can't say it. <laughs> What, what do you do? What do you, uh, some kind of a, an intricate machine or something? Oh, yes, it's very intricate. It is? <laughs> it does all the work for you. It's... Oh, does the work yes, for you? It does. Has it got brains? I suppose it does. I wish you'd send it over here for McNaughton or Sheldon. <laughs> well, we're very, very glad to have you with us. Uh, uh, would you kindly do us a favor and reach into the dunce cap there and pick out a question for us, please? Any does. question you get a hold of. Oh, that's Howard. Don't she look sweet in her uniform? Yes, yeah, she, she looks smart. She does. Oh, look yes, she, she sure looks smart. Yes, she does. You know, does. I try to look smart and neat. Yes. But I have dishpan hands. You have. You have a dishpan face, too. <laughs> now, if you will help us out by reading the question there in the microphone, we'll be very, very happy. Who was Queen of England during the Victoria era? Oh, that's very good. Who was Queen of England during the Victorian era? Did you hear that? I'm afraid we're going to have a lot of trouble with that baby. <laughs> Miss McNaughton, you should know that question. Oh, indeed I do. I know the question very well, Mr. Howard. Yes? I'm afraid I don't know the answer. I... <laughs> I was afraid of that. Uh, Miss McConnell, uh, do you know who was Queen of England during the Victorian era? No, no. That was before my time. I see. <laughs> Miss McConnell, there wasn't any time before your time. <laughs> Who was king at that time? What do you mean, who was king? Who was king of England? King of the... Yes. You mean Victoria's husband. He, he was not king. He no. was the prince consort. I was at a concert last oh, night. Ah, cut it out. <laughs> it was lovely. Yeah, really. What, what did they play? Bach. Bach. They played Bach at the concert. Bach. I've never played that. I like gin rummy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so do I, but it's hard to get gin. It's hard to get gin. <laughs> Gentlemen, will you, will you please concentrate on the question that's about music? About music. I'm talking about the Victorian era. It lasted from 1837, I believe, to 1901. That was around the gay 90s, wasn't it? That's right. That was about around the time of the gay 90s. You know, those were the good old days when women wore skirts that trailed in the ground. Yeah. And we used to trail the skirts. And you used to <laughs> Mr. Shelton. Yeah, I remember those days. Yeah. I used to wear a bustle. Yeah. Don't you think it's about time you took it off? <laughs> ah, those good old days, you know, when Big Ben was a watch. When Big Ben was yeah. a watch. You remember those, too, Way do you, back. Mr. Yeah. All right. Is there any chance of getting back to the question again? Yes, go right ahead. Go right do you ahead. remember the question? Something about, uh, yeah, about Big Ben. Oh, no, uh, please, <laughs> cut it out. Who was queen during the Victorian era? 
the Victorian era. Now, that ought to be quite simple if you concentrate. She was Queen of England. Queen of England. Very popular and very a very well-liked queen. Uh-huh. Queen of England. Was there any other thing, any other little hint you could give me? Well, I could. <laughs> a little hint I could give you. Yeah. I could tell you, Mr. Sheldon, that the Victoria Hotel was named after. Oh, I got it. I got it. Good. Helen Hayes. Helen Hayes. <laughs> to thank you, Mary Howie, for being with us. It was very sweet of you to come up here, and may I wish you a lot of luck wherever you may be. Does speak the English language fluidly, doesn't he? Huh? Fluidly, mm. yeah. No, I'm going to ask him for his phonograph right after the broadcast. For his phonograph, because he speaks the English language fluidly. Mm. You eat fluidly too, don't you? No, not necessarily. Come I'm on a diet. And... I see. Come over and water my lawn. You're on a diet. I see. I'm going to diet pink, I think. Uh-huh. Let's get on here. And let me correct you, uh, Mr. Sheldon. You don't mean phonograph. No? You mean his autograph. Oh, no, no, Mr. Howard. I beg to differ, old man. Oh. An autograph is something the Western Union sends you. I see. You're away off, Mr. McNaughton. Really? That's telegraph. No, the Western Union sends you a paragraph. Ten words. Ten words. I see. Let me inform you, a paragraph is just a subdivision in writing. Oh, no. Let me inform you, Mr. Howard, you're wrong. A paragraph is an animal with a long neck. <laughs> an animal with a long neck? An animal with a long neck. Wait a minute, that's giraffe. giraffe. An odd-looking creature with shapeless legs, shapeless body, and the only sound it can make is a stupid croak. Now we're back to Miss McConnell again. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for